0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 25 sports Sportscast. I'm your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is Jet Rosenstein. And before I ask you how you're doing today, Jet, I'm going to first preface this by saying, well, Jet's going to get the intro, and it's definitely not because the Miami Heat won a game, so not to confuse anyone out there. No, basketball season is over, and if you, you know, you're know you the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, and the likes, the season has been over for about a month now so no need to no need to worry about it i'm still gonna give jet the intro nonetheless
1: yeah um what's going on everybody welcome back to the 258 sportscast we're back for another episode as always episode number 37 um great show for you guys planned it could have been even better um i had the actual idea of doing a way 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 too early uh, NBA power rankings, just so I can talk about my my Miami Heat some more, even though the the NBA season has passed us. But that idea got shot down by the the higher ups over at Twenty Sports <laughs> Incorporated, located in Dallas, Texas. Um, but we do have a great show planned, nevertheless. Two great topics we're going to get to, and I, I know we have a a great um, great audience for this show, and and I'm excited to hear their feedback. Um. Once this show show is all said and done, so what we're gonna do? Well, hold on, Jet. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Uh. So you you know you you say that your JDR metric is patent pending, correct? Correct. Yeah.
1: Uh. It's gonna be your... pending for a while after this show. <laughs> is is your phrase nevertheless patent pending or is that no no nice no? I don't think that's nonetheless. <laughs> that 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 phrase that phrase is not patentable i believe okay, um, okay. it's a very common used phrase throughout the um, united states and other places around the world so in other, right, langu- cool. in other languages cool. of course but yeah all um, no worries there yeah so uh for for our show today Um, We are going to be doing a power rankings of a dynasty fantasy football league that Tommy and I are both in along with um, other listeners of the show and some of our other friends. I'll get into the specific details about that in a little bit. And then after that, we're going to get you updated on the current state of the MLB. We are going to give our power rankings for how we see, how we feel um, all the teams stack up against one another at this point in the season. So, First off, let's let's talk about some dynasty fantasy football. Um, if you are an avid fantasy football player, you most likely are. You know, starting the the research process for getting ready for your drafts probably late July, early August, late August, depending on when your league drafts. Um, for the diehard fantasy football players such as Tommy, myself, and a lot of the people in this league, we part we we started a dynasty league this year. And basically, how this works. Um, The first year of the Dynasty League, you have to do a startup draft just to kind of build your team as if you were building your team in real life. And in this draft, it is a 26-round draft where you have to pick one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flexes that can be running back, wide receiver, tight end, and another super flex that can be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, along with kicker, defense, and then a very, very deep bench. So... The draft, uh, it, it took about a week because um, each pick was supposed to be around eight hours. I took seven hours and 57 minutes of each of those picks while others tended to go around the five to 10-minute mark. But um, I, I think it was a pretty successful draft year one all around. Going forward, the drafts aren't going to be nearly as long. Five rounds of draft, four rounds if you're me in 2024. Um, <laughs> but what we're going to do now is Tommy and I both both using our, our patent pen, <laughs> pending metric. Uh, we, we, we went through each team in the league and kind of gave a percentage um, based on how we feel these teams stack up against one another. We're going to start at 10, 10, 12, and work our way all the way up to the top. Um, And just just to note, these, these ratings, I mean, I can speak for myself, but these are purely based off of uh, the JDR metric. There was no um, personal bias or... I test uh, taken into account or a bonus factor taken into account with the set of rankings. Tommy, and anything to add before we get started? Uh,
0: I'll just mention that it is a 24 players on your active roster. You get three IR slots and you get two taxi squad players, so that made up a a roster of 26 26 people. But uh, yeah, other than that, we can go ahead and get into it. I think that we're we're pretty in agreement here on who number 12 out of 12 is.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll be a quick listen for our, our very own Aaron Malloy. Um, not, not sure how many, how many episodes he's listened to the show, but I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a big fan going forward as we're going to, you know, have plenty of dynasty fans football talk. Um, I, originally told him he wasn't last, but unfortunately uh, the JDR metric doesn't lie. And the numbers suggest that he is the worst team in the league after the draft. Um For me, he got a 24 out of 50 on the JDR metric, which is a 48%. Um, Just to read off his team really quickly, his starting lineup. Kyler Murray, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, James Cook, CeeDee Lamb, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dawson Knox, Jacoby Myers, Sky Moore, and Deshaun Watson round out the core of his starting lineup. Very young team. This is one of the teams in this league that is primed for a full rebuild. That is a very young team, a team that traded up. To the fourth pick in the draft to acquire Kyler Murray, and then didn't have a pick, but I believe rounds three through five. Um, so his, his depth is a little sh- shallow at this point in the journey of this dynasty league. So he has a lot of work to do, but he has a lot of promising names, a lot of young guys like like James Cook and Sky Moore, who are rookies. Damian Pierce, Johan Dotson, Tyler Algier on his bench who are also rookies. So. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, Aaron Malloy doesn't have a bright future ahead. I think there's some positives to look forward to, but this year will not be his year. He's going to be fighting for the number one overall pick, I think.
0: Yeah, agreed there. Uh, I went with Aaron Malloy at 12 as well, 28 out of 50 for the Think formula, which is obviously not patent pending because I, I let everybody use it all around the world because it's accurate. So there's no need to put a patent on it. Definitely. Nobody's gonna be suing me as they would if they were using the JDR formula. But the thing here about Aaron Malloy, I gave him a 56% chance of uh getting the first round pick, Jet. 56% chance to get this first round pick, and that's that's pretty high percent. I, I just I don't I don't like a whole lot with this team. Obviously, the 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 young aspect of it, he's obviously and he's made this clear, he's going for a very high pick here in the in the first uh, first draft of uh, rookie players, but like even even the guys that he went with that are young that he he wants to stick with this whole time, I'm not high on. Uh, obviously, his quarterbacks I was the highest on out of his whole entire team. I gave him a nine out of ten in quarterback position. Kyler Murray, he's a great fantasy quarterback. Deshaun Watson, pending his. Uh, His legal massage cases, he can also be a a very uh, reliable fantasy quarterback. So I I gave him a a high rating there. But then he took guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's young, but he hasn't proven himself. The Chiefs have been a better running team with guys like uh, Jarek McKinnon. Even Derek Gore had better games than some of the games Clyde put together. So I'm not super high there. Juju Smith-Schuster as well on the same team. These guys are going to be competing for points, so it's kind of an odd... Odd choice to draft those guys together for me. And then Dawson Knox, I liked. He was he was also a good pick for me. But uh I, obviously, he wasn't going to win this year, so he got what he wished for.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire-Juju stack. He also has Sky Moore. And then from Buffalo, yeah. he has Cook and Knox. So those guys are going to be um, stealing points from one another. One thing on the Deshaun Watson thing, I mean, obviously, there's been reports that he's, he could miss, you know, the full season. Um, If that's the case, Aaron Malloy's outlook. Gets a little bleaker, and his percentage at getting the number one pick will increase because it looks like he'll have to start Carson Carson Wentz at that super flex spot. So, I mean, there, there's some. And then problems. after that, his yeah. his the problem for me after that is his whole entire
0: bench. Like if 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 someone on his starting lineup gets hurt, he's going to be starting a player who's a backup, right? Or or like his, the highest on the depth chart on his whole entire bench is probably outside of Wentz, obviously, is probably, like, Terrace Marshall.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that, that that's definitely going hurt him. I, I think the one thing that I will say is he has to hope that one or two of these rookies pop off in, in year one for him to, you know, maybe field a competitive team this year. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But um, in a dynasty league, it's important to have – two quarterbacks, especially in a super flex league to build around. He has that, and he has a top receiver that'll be in this league and see the lamp for a long time. Um, I'm expecting him to use one of those top picks next year on what's supposed to be a good uh, upcoming rookie class in 2023 for running back. So um, obviously we'll, we'll keep you up on Aaron Malloy's team, and uh, hopefully he gets a ring by the time he's age 65. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Jet, my number 11 team is going to be none other than our very own you. Jet, I know you're not too happy about this. There's just not a whole lot to like about your team as far as winning this year. You have a lot of very high breakout candidates, guys I like, and guys I thoroughly wanted in this draft, like Gabriel Davis, Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman, even DJ Moore was on that list. The thing for me is you took Patrick Mahomes at the third overall, such a long wait to get that next pick, which was DeAndre Swift. I think you also reached a little bit on Trevor Lawrence, who obviously in a dynasty outlook, he's, he's going to be hopefully prominent, hopefully for your sake and hopefully for the Jaguars taking him number one overall sake. See, there's, there's a lot of promise here. Obviously I'm not going to put this team as close to Aaron Malloy is as, as it may seem on the rankings. Uh, but it's uh, there's cause for promise here, and, and that is you have a very good young running back core. I think Josh Jacobs is a little bit underrated. I think he felt quite a bit in this draft. DeAndre Swift, although I don't like his outlook this year, I think he's going to come out and have a very good career for himself. DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, obviously I love Pittman as a Colts fan. Gabe Davis has done a ton for the Bills, even when he hasn't been able to start. And then Darnell Mooney as well. And you're high on Cole Komet for some reason. I'm not. Yeah, Jed, I wouldn't be surprised if you ended up with like four or five wins this year.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say too much on my team yet because I think it's just um, kind of ridiculous where you have my team. it's clearly more positives than negatives in, in, in in your little summary there, which is very interesting, but. Um, I think you you add one of those additional metrics like I I tend to do with with my system.
0: Well, since since you're here listening now, I'll, I'll run you through it. I gave you a six out of ten running back group, a six out of ten receiving group, a five out of ten tight end, and eight out of ten on the quarterbacks. Obviously, Mahomes is going to do great things. Trevor Lawrence had the lower it a little bit, and then
1: bench was a five out of ten, and that that's how I graded out. Fair. Um, I'll, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll go into my team in a little bit, but let me get to my number 11 team. And By the way, I don't think I mentioned this before. I'll basically how I graded each player on every team is I went through everyone's quarterback one, running back one, running back two, and so on and so forth, and did a tier-based system with the top players in that grouping getting fives and the bottom players getting ones and then everything in between. So number 11 for me, my good pal Nick Pizimenti. um. <laughs> not going to be too pleased to hear this ranking and 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 it's surprising just I got to be totally honest just just I didn't think it would grade out so low based off of a lot of the guys on his team I happen to really like and he he definitely does have a very good team um part of the reason why his team did grade out so low uh looking at his wide receiver 2 Mike Williams while I I do expect him to have a very good year compared to other wide receiver 2s in this league um Not really on par there. And then also his uh, second regular flex. Right now I have it slotted as Cordero Patterson. Obviously we'll see who he puts in there. could be Adam Field and Devontae Smith, which based on my projections would be on his bench in this current current lineup. But with that being said, um, Nick got a 25 out of 50 on this scale, giving a 50% uh, point above Aaron Malloy. Um, a few other things I want to touch on. I love the running back core for a Dynasty League, Javante Williams and A.J. Dillon. Um, set for the next, you know, definitely the next five years with this, uh, hopefully five years with this running back group, obviously running back position. Uh, a lot more fragile. Um, he has his QB1 and Justin Herbert, and then he has, you know, Devontae Adams as his wide receiver one and T.J. Hawkinson as his wide receiver one. So it definitely a, a very good team. Um, I just think with the teams that are above him, not only do they have the potential to win now, but win in the future. And another thing to point out, which I forgot to mention, I think another reason why Nick's grade came out so low is I'm not a big fan of his bench. Um, no rookies on his bench. Um, he has a Robert Woods coming off of a, a big injury, a Gus Edwards coming off of a big injury. Um then you got guys like Byron Pringle, Kendrick Bourne, James Washington. Um, these are guys that you don't expect to provide much value throughout the course of the season. So overall, next team did not great out really well, but I, I do think there's there's more hope for him than someone like Aaron Malloy. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and
0: have the whole Malloy family log off fears I have Connor Malloy at 10. So the reason his team graded out higher than yours was solely because I think he just has a better starting lineup. They, he has a massive Ravens stack going on with quarterback, running back and wide receiver one, all on his starting lineup. Obviously, Lamar is a great fantasy quarterback. He went back-to-back quarterbacks with his first two picks in Lamar, Jackson, and Trey Lance. Obviously, Trey Lance has a ton of upside. But, you know, it's, it's pretty usual for a Kyle Shanahan run offense to not have the quarterback be super fantasy prominent even though Trey Lance is is much more gifted and talented than Jimmy Garoppolo is especially in the running game but you know all things told this is going to be his first time starting in a in a week one game you got to wait and see what you're going to get. Michael Gallup I'm pretty high on this year because with the with the loss of Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, he's now gonna elevate in that offense to a starting wide receiver, and he's going to he's going to be seeing a lot more touches, in my opinion. Uh Tyler Higby, average run-of-the-mill guy. Jerry Judy could be seeing jail time. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Jalen Waddle is, is one pick that you did snipe for me, and that's that's my favorite player on this team. I think he'll be your your all-star for years to come. My issue with your team is I think you just you went like It looked like you were going all young, and then you kind of took guys like Michael Gallup, who's about to turn 27 this summer. You then took Rob Gronkowski, who's in his 30s and, you know, not even rostered. So you're a 10 for me.
1: Yeah, number 10 for me, and and this is a a ranking that I'm not pleased with at all, but this is just based off of my system and, and how these teams ended up grading out. Uh, Danny Romo haven't haven't gotten the chance to meet you in person yet um but I'm sure you're a great guy i just want to preface that before I explain that you are the 10th ranked team in these dynasty power rankings with a 25 out of 50 50 percent on the jDr metric uh won the tiebreaker over Nick Piz based off of um, bench but I'll read you I'll read you Danny's team and and you'll you'll understand understand why I feel like this ranking isn't isn't deserved but So be it. This is where the ranking put him. Uh, Dak Prescott, Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, and Matt Ryan round out his starting lineup. A very, very good starting lineup. Um, Looking at the reasons why he graded out so low, though, there there are three obvious reasons. And the first one is Derrick Henry. Obviously, we know what he's capable of coming up. But the the problem I have is, is this is a dynasty league. I think he may be... Reached on Derrick Henry a little bit. I, be, I believe he drafted him in like the second round. Um, Derrick Henry, we'll see what he does coming off of injury. Obviously, he's one of the best running backs in the league. I think in a redraft league, he, he still deserves to be one of the first few picks off the board. And, and he still very well can you know have what he has shown in the past. However, um, he isn't getting any younger. And in a dynasty league, especially at the running back position, you need all the youth that is possible so while he is in a very good position to win with Derrick Henry not really so sure about his um status moving forward uh, the other spot is his wide receiver one with Mike Evans Mike Evans is a great player consistent every season um but as a wide receiver one in a dynasty league he just does not stack up as good as the other wide receiver ones like a Justin Jefferson like a Jamar Chase like a CD Lamb like a Cooper Cup um Great. I think he's gonna be fine this season, but I think in the next couple of seasons we, we could see his team start to fall off a little bit. Final spot is his um is his fur is his super flex. So yeah, he has Matt Ryan and which is I don't have a problem with that at all. I think he's bound to have a great season with the Colts in his first season, but when, you have, when you're competing with other super flexes like a Trey Lance, like a Aaron Rodgers, like a Deshaun Watson, if he plays, um, I, I think those outlooks are a lot more um, positive for those players. And it just stacked up against the rest of these guys. He kind of, um, you know, trailed, trailed behind some of these teams. But I do think Danny Romo has a great chance at you know not only finishing high in this league, but potentially winning it. Um, I think if we're looking at a, a dynasty point of view, I think he he may run into some issues in the long run, but wouldn't be surprised at all if if he wins the league this year.
0: Yeah, you made a lot of cases for why he should be in the bottom three. Good job there, Jet. My number nine is actually tied with number ten. Ben Andrews and Connor Malloy both came out at a thirty-one out of fifty. Same issue here for me with with Ben as I had with Connor. <laughs> Drafted a ton of young guys. His whole entire bench is is backups or or guys that he hopes pan out. And then you look at his starters and you see guys like Tim Patrick, who's about to be 29, Cooper Cup, who's about to be 30, Chris Godwin, who's about to be 27, Matthew Stafford. Cam Akers, obviously, is young. His two, whose two starting running backs are Cam Akers and Kenneth Walker. I, I just don't see it with this team. Kyle Pitts is obviously the major bright spot of the starting lineup. Jamison Williams is also a guy who, who has major upside, but I, I, I'm i not seeing it with this team right now. So 31 out of 50, Ben. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry, Riddler. Yeah, number nine for me is Connor Malloy. And I, I think this is a pretty good spot for him. Um, In these rankings, he got a 28th out of 54, 56%, putting him at ninth place. Um, Tommy touched on some of the bright spots in his lineup I, I think it was you know it's definitely risky going with two quarterbacks with your first few picks and, and Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance but it's definitely set for definitely the next um, five years for sure um, as well Jalen Waddle, I think he would have been a better wider receiver too to have but even just having him on your team that is a great spot especially with how young he is and how much promise he still has left in his career a lot of question marks with his running back group and J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, both guys coming off of very serious injuries, and with them both having the question marks that they have, he may may not even get the production he expected at the running back position. Uh, tight end, I think he was the last person to pick a tight end. Is Tyler Higby definitely the, the worst tight end among, among all the teams in the league? Um, what about Cole Kmet? Well, Tyler Higby's worse, so. Um, <laughs> I'll get to call him in a little bit on my team, but, and then, and then when I'm just looking at his bench, he also has two on the bench, which is a great third quarterback to have obviously when he needs to use him for a case of an injury or a bye week um, And then I think you mentioned this, a lot of older names on his bench, which kind of reverse the whole trend of him going young and looking like he was going to be in a, a bit of a rebuild, but that wasn't the case. Um, if If I had some say in these rankings, which, which I do, um, I, I would have put Connor a little below Danny. Um honestly probably below Nick as well, but the JDR metric doesn't lie. And since it doesn't lie, this is how it is. I don't know. It seems to be lying here
0: early on, but uh maybe you can redeem yourself later on in these rankings. Number eight for me is gonna be Nick Wolf. Nick Wolf. I, I like your team. This is this is the first team that I actually I think has a chance to. If not win this year, which I don't think this team will win this year, but I think this team has a chance to go into a proper rebuild, get a couple early picks, and then have a good young starting core. And the best way to do that is just the first four names that you see on this team Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, and Debo Samuel. Obviously, Nick Chubb and Debo are not as young as you want, but I mean, this is a team that I think could potentially win here in like year two or three. And in that case, Debo Samuel at 26, Nick Chubb also at 26. 26 is not a problem for that if if you're looking to win in two or three years. Dallas Goddard, I'm actually very high on this year. And that's in turn because I'm very high on Jalen Hurts. I think there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And so Dallas Goddard, I like that pick. Garrett Wilson, I like that pick a ton. Zach Wilson, I like that pick a ton. The only only reason your team's not higher is because your bench did not grade out super well to me at all. Julio Jones, who's not rostered right now. Hunter Henry, who's obviously not getting any younger. Robert Tunyon, just coming off a major injury, is not getting any younger. Randall Cobb, same thing. So, like, your starting lineup, I love, but your bench to me makes – it just doesn't make enough sense for me to put you any higher on this list.
1: Yeah, I also have – Nick Wolf at number eight on this list, and then for a lot of the same reasons that you just expressed, um, he really, you know, you nailed it. I think his first couple of picks with with Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, Debo Samuel, and then after that, Nick Chubb, and I, I like the Cordell Sutton pick a lot too as his wide receiver too. I think with Russell Wilson, um, Allen Lazard too, who
0: I didn't even mention. Yeah,
1: Alan Lazard as well. I, th- I think with, with the, the receiving core he has is, is very good overall. Because then you also have Garrett Wilson. Um, these are guys that could break out off. scary wilson's a rookie, but I, I like Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson coming over to have a, a, a big year there. So I, I like a lot of the picks he's made. Not not as high as Dallas Goddard um as you are, but he definitely will be a, a very serviceable tight end. Um for, for some of the same reasons. The reason why actually my number seven and number eight teams were a tie, but I I knocked Nick just a little bit for his bench, not not a huge fan at all. A lot of Packers guys on this team. Um, Christian Watson, Packers defense. Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobb. Very, uh, very interesting. Not a ton of young guys on his bench. A few. A lot of older guys, like Tommy mentioned, Julio Jones, who's not even on a team yet. Um, but I think Nick put a, a pretty good team together. Um, I definitely think he'll he'll be competitive all season long, and he should be able to string together uh, a couple of good years. Uh, after this as well
0: yeah last thing i'll say about nick wolf is i thought he was going into a perfect a perfect build of a team to win in in like year three of this dynasty league and then his bench he just kind of went with guys that were like you said on his favorite team packers or going with guys that he's heard of before like a julio jones randall cobb um hunter henry so Interesting, interesting to me. I think he he had it in the bag until he got to those late round picks. He might have just not cared. Uh, but either way, it bumped him down a few points. At number seven, I have him tied as well with Nick at thirty two out of fifty, and that he is me. Um, one point ahead of Ben Andrews and Connor Malloy, and two ahead of Jet. Aaron Malloy is a a, a bunch of points behind, but uh, it's okay. He still tried. My team, the things that I like about my team is I kept it as young as I possibly could, even kickers. I took three kickers in this draft, and and I'm getting knocked for it. I took Evan McPherson in the 10th round, but I'll not have to worry about kickers for a very long time yet. And this is what some of you are failing to realize. But when they see that I have Cade York, the fourth-round kicker for Cleveland that they just drafted, Tyler Bass, who's already proven himself, and Evan McPherson, has already proven himself, all under age 24 and i'm getting trade requests for him i don't think you can laugh at it much more but uh that's just that's just making my case for it the oldest guy i have on my team is miles sanders and that's age 25 and he just turned 25 obviously russell wilson is, is older than that but out like the oldest player besides russell wilson is miles sanders uh russell wilson elijah Mitchell, miles sanders justin jefferson Nicole hardman uh, I love Jefferson. Obviously, everybody does. Only 22. When I saw that, I was shocked. I, it feels like he's proven himself so much in this league already that when he's, when you see 22 next to his name, you're like, what? Uh, Brees Hall, I went with for the upside. Traylon Burks, upside pick. Justin Fields was an upside pick. I even went and took Jordan Love, who obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't long for the league. I was hoping he could possibly possibly be an upside pick but I I like my team just a little bit better than Nick Wolf's and the guys below me just because I think this is the first team that I saw in this draft that had like a clear plan a lot of the guys above me had a clear plan to be win now I think my clear plan was I want to go into a full rebuild I want to win in a few years and I want to compete for one of the top five picks here in this next year's draft and and that'll be that. Henry Ruggs was also my last pick, so.
1: Yeah, that, that's the one I wanted to touch on. A great dart throw pick there. Um, obviously, you're hoping that he, he makes a return to the league sometime <laughs> soon. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but we know we know what his ability is like to stretch the field. Uh, hmm. Deep threat. Obviously, a threat other places as well. Speed threat. He's a real <laughs> speed threat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I also have you at um, number seven and I totally disagree with the whole kicker thing. I don't care if you, you never have to worry about another kicker. Um, that just is. That I, I'm, I'm getting
0: most, all, I mean, guys are trying to. Yeah. I mean, next, for, next 10 first Like, first I, like I said, I,
1: I just don't get people trying to trade for a kicker where there's about 15 or 16 available on the waiver wire every single week. And they're going to do just as well, if not better than, than the options you currently have. But anyway, now let's, let's get to the important things about your team. Um, I, I do like a lot a lot of the, the names you drafted. Uh, Bruce Hall, Elijah Mitchell is a great young running back core. Uh, Justin Jefferson, we, we've talked about this many times. Only twenty two years old, and he is the, he's the cornerstone of your team, and and you're never gonna have to worry about filling that wide receiver one spot just because he's he's locked in there for for the rest of your time probably in this dynasty league. Um, and then Drake London could eventually emerge as a solid wide receiver too, or it could be Traylon Burks. Um both rookie wide receivers have a lot of upside and have a lot of promise considering they're only coming into their first season in the league. Um, not, not as high as on uh, Pat Fryermuth as you are. Um, I, I think the mouth. That, no, not, not How as can you not be high on the mouth? Um, I, I think with the addition of Mitchell Trubisky or whoever's the starting quarterback there, I I think if Kenny Pickett ends up playing, I think that's going to improve uh, Pat Fryermuth's chances at being more productive. But, um, wouldn't say I'm as high on him as you are. Justin Fields, a great pick to have as a super flex quarterback, has the rushing upside coming into year two, looking to bounce back this season. A lot of, lot of guys that could also have upside on your bench. James Robinson obviously coming off of injury, but we know what he's capable of doing when healthy. And then Darrell Henderson as well. I mean, we've seen him take over the starting role, and when he has that, he is as productive as any running back in the league. So uh, I, I I like what you did here. Um. Obviously, you know, it would be better probably if you had a Gabe Davis in, in one of your flex spots just to kind of, car, you know, put, put together the whole rest of your lineup. But I, I think you did a good job here. And and, and I think you're you're pretty much set uh, strategy in place for, for trying to get that title, like you said, in, in the next several years.
0: Jet, my number six team is a guy that you had at 11 somehow. And I, I really don't understand this ranking at all. It's Nick Pizz. Amenti, I think is how you pronounce it, but I just call him Nick Pizz. Uh, <laughs> excellent first few picks. Justin Herbert can't go wrong there. I think that's probably outside of maybe Josh Allen the best pick to have in Dynasty Football. Um, and he went right after Josh Allen at second overall. So Justin Herbert, not a lot, not a whole lot to say because not a whole lot needs to be said. Excellent receiving court. In Devontae Adams, who's now going to be, obviously, maybe maybe a few targets taken away from him, but he's still Devontae Adams. Marquise Brown, I think, is going to be even better over in Arizona running alongside DeAndre Hopkins. We obviously then have Mike Williams, who you mentioned. He's really the wide receiver three. I don't know why you were saying he was the wide receiver two. He's a flex play. Devontae Smith is another flex play. Adam Thielen is another flex play, and if he decides to use a super flex, Adam Thielen's gonna be coming off the bench, and I think that's probably the best bench player that we've we see in this whole entire league. Um, I've always been very high on Adam Thielen. Running backs are a cause for concern. Javante Williams. He's he was supposed to be the guy this year coming into into the year, and then all of a sudden Melvin Gordon is right back with Denver. AJ Dillon, who I'm high on, he's I mean He's a win. This is a win now roster, and the only issue is these two running backs are are kind of developed running backs. So I think that's what holds him back from being any higher on this list. But I think this team definitely has a chance.
1: I don't think um, he has the ability to be a win now team for this year. Um, I, I think the running back, I think he's a running back away from, you know, being at the top of this league. I think that's probably why I have him so low. Um, his wide receiver core, I think it just comes down to a matter of I'm not as high on the wide receivers as you are. Uh, Phelan is, is getting up there in age. We don't know how many good years he has left. Devontae Smith, I think he's going to have a much better year now that he is the wide receiver too on that Eagles team. Uh, Mike Williams started off the season strong last year, and I think we, we know what he's capable of. I think that's also – he has a good he has a good team, I just think, compared to, to other teams in this league who just, who just misses the mark. Uh, my number six team is going to be Eric Mandelowitz. Um, He got a 31 out of 50, which is a 62%. Um, co-host of the It's Game Time podcast, long, long-time listener and, and loyal friend as well. Um, great team. Um, I love a lot of the players on his team. I think where he kind of misses the mark based off of my ratings are his running back two, uh, James Conner, a, a great running back. Um, I think it's gonna have a, a good productive next couple of seasons, but we know he does have injury concerns and in a dynasty format, there are much uh, there are other directions that I would prefer to go to go with as my RB2. Um, and then Jalen Hurts as his quarterback one. I love Jalen Hurts this year. I, I'm expecting a, a great season from him, but just comparing him to the other QB ones, I don't think we can put him in that elite tier just yet. But if Jalen Hurts happens to pan out. How I think, and I know how you think as well, I think Eric can push for easily a uh, a top-four team in this league. And then just looking at his as his starting two wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, a great group there. I know there's questions with Deontay Johnson, with the quarterback, with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, which kind of uh, brings him down the rankings a little bit. And then when you have a, a locked-in tight end each week, and George Kittle um, can't get wrong there as well. I, I think the reason why um, – Eric's team is preventing him from going up to the top four are his flexes. I, I wouldn't say I'm the hugest fan of having a Monro St. Brown or Devin Singletary or Hunter Renfro at any of his flexes. I, I like Hunter Renfro, but comparing him to other flexes in the league, I think he just, just falls short of some of those other guys. And then a Monro St. Brown, I'm expecting a little bit of a decline this year. And then Devin Singletary, we saw the bills bring on James cook to compete for that starting job. So I think, you know, as far as a, well-rounded starting lineup. I think there are other lineups that are more well-rounded, but no doubt about it. Eric has a a lot of good players and, you know, should definitely be competing to, to win in year one.
0: Uh, I'm not going to respond until much later in these rankings. That's just ridiculous. At number five, I have Sam Decker. First glance, this team looks absolutely incredible. And it really is. This team has a very real chance of winning this year. The only problem is, is I just, like, running backs, you're, you're not going to come by running backs um, very often in this league. Like, you, you're you going to have to give up a, a handsome sum of change to get a an extra running back that's actually usable. Um, and so he has Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Austin Eckler. You have to start two of these guys. Alvin Kamara, we're still pending if he's even going to start this season. So now you're down to Eckler and Aaron Jones, two guys who both have – not the longest of injury histories, but they're not, they're not the shortest injury lists of all time either. So, so now after that, we're going to have to see a Jamal Williams or a Ronald Jones. And we know how big the carousel is in Kansas city with running backs, Jamal Williams, obviously playing behind Deandre Swift and I don't expect him to be stealing too many of those touches either. So that's my issue with this team. And those are the only other two running backs he has on this roster. Um, He would be much higher, but it, the depth just isn't there. Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Aaron Jones, Mike Gesicki, uh, Dalton Schultz is starting at tight end as well. That's an incredible starting lineup. But, I mean, if, if he goes all no injuries, no suspensions, nothing like that, which is impossible. But if by some stroke of luck he does, then this team very, very easily competes for Winning the championship this year, but the bench is just hard to hard to see it coming out on top. Obviously, some of the receivers are pretty good. He has Boyd, Cedric Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, who are all very very reliable receivers to come off of a, a very deep bench. But that that running back issue is, is just scary because he's looking at one—he's one suspension away, you know, like a, a bye week away from just eat, throw, having to throw out a guy who's. If he scores more than eight points, it's like a miracle.
1: Yeah, way too low for Sam. There, um, you'll you definitely be hearing from me about him uh, in a little bit. But let me get to my number five team, and that's Ben Andrews. Um, you're you're not you're not a you're not a huge fan of his team. I I think I I like the direction that he is going in uh, with this draft. Obviously, a lot of question marks with a lot of guys coming off of big injuries, like Cam Akers, like Chris Godwin, like. Um, Jamison Williams as well but I I I see the direction is going here I, I like the stack of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup which is going to provide great production week in and week out Kyle Pitts I think this this pick as as a tight end in a dynasty league especially a tight end premium league when you get one point per reception instead of half point for a tight end that pick especially in the years to come once the Falcons get a their future quarterback i think that pick is going to end up being one of the best picks in the draft um if chris godwin returns to his former self he is going to be a a very good value pick and we'll see we'll see what happens there and then his flexes this is this is where i really think his team starts to separate um from from some of the other teams below him he's going to have deandre hopkins coming back after his suspension which i know is half the season which is definitely a a good amount of time but DeAndre Hopkins, when when playing, is one of the best receivers in this league, and is one of Kyler Murray's go-to targets. And to have him at your flex, um, that that is a that is a very good option to have. And then, I'm a big fan of his bench, and I think that's another reason why he ranks so high. I love Khalil Herbert, George Pickens, Wandal Robinson, Chris Evans, Justin Ross, Devin Duvernay. These are all guys that, while there aren't a lot of expectations for them. Um, you know, this these are all very young players, and if he can get a couple of these names to break out, he's only going to make his team that much stronger. I know we were thinking a lot with a lot of these bench players because I actually had a lot of these guys on my queue, and he ended up sniping them from me. So I like what Ben did here. Definitely, definitely more question marks than I think anyone in the top five. But if um, if he can answer some of those questions and you know get get the production from the players that he's expecting, I, I think he will. Be a, a steady team throughout the season.
0: My only thing with what you said, I, I like what you said. I agree. He's got, and and the the good the good thing about his bench is that they're young and they're breakout candidates. But that's all they are at the moment. And then he he's the same thing for me. He he does, It just seems like he didn't know which direction he was going as far as sculpting this team. He didn't know really until halfway through what he wanted to do. It felt like. And DeAndre Hopkins for me, he, he, as good as he is, he's getting, he's getting very old and injuries are becoming a very prominent part of his career. He's also, when you, when you pair a guy that's injury prone with suspensions, it it's tough to, cause now, I mean, we can maybe see this guy. It's, it's possible we see this guy for three games this year now. Um, and as good as he is, he's never been like the, the PPR, crazy, ridiculous fantasy guy especially in these past two or three years where he just hasn't, he hasn't been the fantasy wide receiver that he is as far as a, a real talented NFL wide receiver. Uh, that's, that's why Ben ranked lower ro- lower for me than, than he did for you. My number four spot is <clears throat> this is Austin Geller. He is the first of four teams that I really expect to con- contend for this chip. Um, like I mentioned, Sam Decker has a chance if he can stay relatively healthy. Nick Piz, kind of the same thing. But this team, to me, if, if if this team stays healthy, it's it's very hard to beat. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Antonio. These are four premier running backs who, when playing, you expect to get you bare minimum. And when I say bare minimum, this is gibson because i think he's the weakest fantasy link of them all because he splits uh target share with mckissick but bare minimum you're expecting this guy to put up 12 points a game Fournette even more than that with an upside and then dalvin cook and christian mccaffrey are both widely considered top five fantasy running backs and then you pair that with tyree kill who we all know what he's capable of, up in 50 points uh 50 point games at least once or twice a season T Higgins is a very reliable wide receiver too, paired with Darren Waller at tight end. Uh, Derek Carr, who I'm high on, as you guys know, this is this is going to be a very good team. Um, I just I, I I don't have a reason that it's lower than some of the other guys, um, other than Christian McCaffrey's lengthy injury history, and it really scares me a lot. Uh, if this guy can stay in the field for you know ten games at least, or even if, if the rest of his team can carry him to a, a solid record and we see Christian McCaffrey come back week 13, which is going to be tough because if he does get injured, he's not coming back for the Panthers. But if we do see Christian McCaffrey in the fantasy playoffs because Austin will be in them, then this team is going to be a very tough out.
1: Yeah, way too low in my opinion. Um, I'll get to that in, in, a, in a little bit. All right, you can't uh, say four is way too low because yeah, that's at max. Well, compared to where I have him. Um, so, for number four for me, and it, it, it's me. Mm. Um, I'm so just, I'm just gonna say, it right now. I, I, I do think it's it, based off this metric, I am a little too high, and, and I, I totally understand that I would have myself around the five, six, seven range. But this is how the metric rated out all these teams. I added a little bonus because I'm just so great at drafting, but um, no, I'm just kidding. But I uh, let, let me go over my team. I know Tommy picked it apart a little bit, had a lot of positives to say, but stuck me at 11 um i had a direct no don't even start with that i don't even it's want to exactly hear you start you with that it's because exactly I,
0: you yes i said positives. there were, because... there, were
1: there were like 75 percent positives and the one negative was like Cole Komet and then josh and then Jacobs. the bench the brutal bench bench. it's a brutal bench jet for this oh. year it's
0: a this year ranking That's you're not the... gonna you're not gonna finish in the top half of the league this year i'm sorry go ahead uh, I it's brutal bench. I, I, I just DB. don't see that
1: at all. I, I I really don't. Um, I have plenty of guys that'll be able to fill in, um, off off the bench. Look at uh, someone like Gabriel Davis, Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones, KJ Hamler, who I I all think have potential to break out this year, um, as well. As um, some of my rookie running backs, which the, the reason I, I took a lot of these rookie running backs, we, we see younger running backs emerge. And if there's an injury to a, a Cam Akers, Kyron Williams could potentially step, step in. Or if there's an injury to James Conner, Keontae Ingram can get a larger role. If there's an injury to Derrick Henry, Dontre Hilliard to get a bigger role now I know those are all bigger big ifs but that's the kind of the structure that I went with the team Um, and, and Tommy is saying that I'd have a clear strategy for my team and I definitely had a clear strategy. the goal was <laughs> to secure to secure that <laughs> to secure that top quarterback and I didn't patch over Holmes and from there I wanted to get my next quarterback as soon as possible. that's why I went with Trevor Lawrence a few rounds after. Um, after I secured my, my top running back in Deontay Swift, I wanted to wait as long as possible to secure that running back too. Um, I, I value more wide receivers and quarterbacks in this type of league, hence why I waited till round six to get Josh Jacobs, which I'm very excited about. I, I think it's probably one of my more risky picks in this draft, depending on where he ends up going next year because the Raiders did decline his fifth year option. So if you can get a larger role on another team, because I, I don't think the Raiders are great for fantasy purposes, but we know how talented of a running back Josh Jacobs is. So that pick can, you know, be, be a little bit risky, but we'll, we'll see the direction of that. And then my receivers um, we're, we're looking at a group of Michael Pym and DJ Moore, Darnell movie, Gabe Davis, who Tommy mentioned a lot of breakout potential there. We could see Baker Mayfield join the Carolina Panthers any day now, which I think is going to help D.J. Moore out. And that's with D.J. Moore uh, performing at a high level without a quarterback at any point of his career. Let's talk about Cole Komet now. Um, I know Tom is not a huge fan of him, but there's a lot of metrics that suggest that Cole Komet is going to have a breakout year. In 2021, eighth-ranked route participation and seventh-ranked target share. And he had negative 36.6 fantasy points under expectation so basically what that means is that he was expected to get 36.6 more points than he actually did but with the um inefficiency of that chicago bears offense last year that kind of caused him to kind of be put to the wayside and not perform at the level that he was expected to based off all this metric so with that being said um i expect Cole Komet to take a step forward this year was Justin Fields taking another step forward. And I think this Bears offense as a whole, uh, taking it, taking a step forward. So I, I like my Cole Komet pick. I think he finishes as a, as a top seven tight end this year. Um, and then I mean I know I talked about my bench. Um and I think that the biggest holes in my lineup right now is I don't have a kicker or defense, but I'll fill those when the time comes. I uh, no need for I that. have I have a few kickers. No no, you... no need for that in, in in June when we we could see a guy like a Elijah Mitchell go down with an ACL injury. Um, any day now, and then a guy like a Ty- Tyron Davis Price step in as the the workhorse running back there, and then look, then my, then my running back issues are solved. So, you know, you can rank me at eleven. Um, I don't think I have the fourth best team in this league, but I do have a team that, with the correct roster management throughout the season, um, could be one of those teams that's one of the the a dark horse to to win this year. But I I'm also set up for years to come.
0: Uh. Sound a little bit more passionate about that team than others. Jet, is there any particular reason?
1: Yeah, because it's mine.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I do have one question for you. Do you know what your strategy is going to be in in future picks, particularly uh, 2024 or fifth rounder? Do you know where you're going with that one?
1: Yeah. So um, I traded that one uh, for the rights oh. to acquire Gabriel Davis, and I'm I'm extremely stoked about it. Um, couldn't be higher <laughs> on him. Um, got, was able to acquire him for a very low price and, uh, you know, it's just another one of those trades that I won, uh, throughout the draft. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the final, you know, outcome of that trade looks like, but uh, on the onset, it it looks like I'm, I'm the clear winner for sure.
0: Yeah. My number three team is Danny Romo, who somehow you put it number 10 and I, I just don't understand it. I think that we see the deepest bench in the league on this team here. Um, The only reason he's not one or two is Derrick Henry's potential for injury because he is 28 now. And when you're 28 at such a high contact position with as many touches as he gets, uh, it's more and more likely to start seeing little bang-ups, especially after a broken foot kind of thing when he may be favoring it a little bit when he plays. Um, that just opens the gateway to a ton more injuries. Kareem Hunt as well uh, is his running back three right now. And then McKissick is his running back four. So, and and the running back I didn't mention was David Montgomery. Uh, he's he's 100% in a win now, in win now mode. He also has guys like Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder, who I think can break out this season just as good as Gabe Davis can. I don't see why uh, you're so low on Jamison Crowder. I, I never will. Christian Kirk, who, yeah, I mean, whatever, there's not a whole lot there. DJ Chark, Olamide Zacchaeus. He also has Alec Pierce and Chris Olave on the bench, two highly sought-after wide receiver prospects in this year's draft. Um, he's got a very good bench of wide receivers. So running backs is, is the only issue with this team because he also does have Travis Kelsey and then Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, who are both going to put up good fantasy points here. For at least one or two more years. Dak Prescott obviously longer than that. But uh yeah, I think you criminally underrated this team. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen to wind out to wide out the to wind out the wide receiver core as well well.
1: Yeah. I, I think my metric definitely undervalued this team a little bit. I wouldn't say they're a top three team just based off the eye test. I think they're definitely a middle of the pack team. Um I think, however, with the, the right management of the team, they could elevate to that top three team for me, for sure. Um, so the way my top three worked out, um, it worked out absolutely perfectly. I think these are clearly the best three teams in this league. And, you know, I test JDR metric, however you want to look at it. This is clearly the direction that uh, these are the teams that have the best chance of winning the league in year one. Uh, num- number three for me is Jack Hagan. Um, a outstanding draft, I think, started off with Jonathan Taylor, got a lot of value in that pack, I believe, after a string of quarterbacks went off the first seven, eight picks, and then he was able to, or six, seven picks, and then he was able to uh, take Jonathan Taylor off the board at number eight. He followed that up with a, a selection, which he sniped me with in, in Mark Andrews at the at the tail end of the second round, tight end premium league, the best tight end in fantasy last year. I don't really expect that to change. Um, and then to complement his Jonathan Taylor selection, he picks Saquon Barkley, who I think is destined to have a bounce back season, new offense, better offensive line, um, two years removed from ACL uh, surgery. So I, I think that was a, an outstanding pick. Um, the biggest question mark, I think, for his team is his quarterback situation. His QB one is Tom Brady. And he doesn't really have a true super flex. If you're going based off of quarterbacks, he could start someone like a Daniel Jones in there, or he could go with Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, or Michael Thomas. I think that could be the true downside to his team long-term, but we know Tom Brady, he's going to put up good numbers this season. And he has the team. I didn't even mention Stefan Diggs and Terry McLaurin. Like he has the team to win this year and, you know, he'll figure out the rest in the years to come. Yeah, for me at number two is Eric Mandelowitz. How you have
0: him outside of the top three is actually beyond me. <clears throat> Let me give you the freaking rundown, Jet. He has a a very good hybrid team, and I think he's the only one that actually succeeded at, at, at going between young and old. Um, so he has Jalen Hurts, who I've been – I've been seen saying on this podcast that I think he's the next Josh Allen. I think he's going, he has that uh, capability of breakout stuff. You see that Harper Jersey in the back. It's not Philly biased because there's a Quentin Nelson Jersey to the other side of me. So I'm not not an Eagles fan. Jalen Hurts, I think is the real deal. So he went super young with his quarterback one, kind of middle-aged with his running back one, Joe Mixon, who's going to be 26 years old soon. James Conner, who's going to be 28 years old soon. He also has Jamar Chase, super young. Deontay Johnson, George Kittle, who's not getting any younger, but he's still he's still going to be a great, great fantasy player for at least two or three more seasons. Aaron Rodgers is a super flex, which is easily the best super flex in the league for winning now. Um, he also has on the bench a, a really good bench. Chase Edmonds, who's going to be good for him. Odell Beckham, who... I mean, injury or not, he still has that ability to have great games in this in this league. Kenny Galladay, Hunter Renfro, Jalen Tolbert was a great pick, in my opinion. I like Jelani Woods, the tight end from Indy, who got drafted late in one of the later rounds. I think this team has it all, and I, I really am struggling to see why you don't see that I think this team can win now and I think this team can also win in the future and that's, yeah. that's really one of the only ones that I can say that for
1: the, the biggest thing for me is I mean I, I don't think they this team has what it takes to win win in the future especially with the running back core of, of Mixon and James Conner. I think these guys only have a few good years left of production and then you're looking at a team that who, who is he going to start a running back? Is he going to hope that Brian Robinson, Tyler Batty? Um, is he going to start Devin Singletary, who's going to be in a full, full-blown full committee in a couple of years? Um, if well, if he's he supposed to win now this year, he's not even going to have a top pick in the draft next season, so he wouldn't even have the ability to draft a running back.
0: And and here's the thing, Jet. You can say all these things, like you can hope that someone produces or hope that Singletary is the, the lead running back. You have yourself above this guy. And your main main talking point about your bench was basically hoping starters get injured. You were basically wishing for injuries for our premier stars of the game today so that we could see guys like um,
1: Dontrell Hilliard. But but Eric, I I totally believe Eric and I have have similar teams, and we're only two spots apart from each other. And I think we we have very similar issues. I think our RB2 spots are, are the biggest weakness. Obviously, he's a better wide receiver one than me and a better tight end one. But I think when you're looking at both of our benches, I, I don't see, see the promise like you do in his bench. I like Hunter Renfro. I like Malik Willis long-term, but other than I mean, that, Trey
0: Sermon, I don't think there's any reason to be giving up on him yet either.
1: I, I think that 49ers have given up on him. I think that that says a lot with their, their pick of Terry on Davis Davis, Prince, uh, price this year. Um, with the with the carousel that the 49ers are running back i mean it's obviously anybody's guess who they're going to use in any given game but i i like eric Seam. i think it's in the middle of the pack i just think you have him a little too high
0: okay that's
1: fine number no two worries, for me Jeff. uh austin geller uh fa- fantastic draft all around um started off actually he traded his first round pick to acquire more picks within the the you know mid, middle rounds and with his first pick, which came in the second round, he drafted Christian McCaffrey, and then added Dalvin Cook as his second running back. Um, Tommy mentioned it has a has a pretty complete team. Uh, doesn't really have a really an, a glaring weakness. I think if you can argue, it, it would be his quarterback spot. I'm not crazy about having Derek Carr as your quarterback one, but I think with you know what the offense is going to look like this year with Devontae Adams, I think. Uh, Derek Carr could be a very good pick, and then he has the stack with Darren Waller at tight end, which is and his stack in fantasy quarterback, tight end, quarterback wide receiver, um is is you know a, a very good thing as well. Um and then his flexes Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, I think the best flex combination, uh overall in this league, and then going down to his bench, um he has guys that is going to be able to fill in in case of an injury, in case of a bye week that are could honestly be starting on a lot of the other teams in this league. Elijah Moore. Tyler Lockett, um, and then he has guys such as um, Deontay Foreman and Melvin Gordon who are are solid handcuffs who could step up in case of an injury. So I I like what Austin did here. I think that if he doesn't win this year or the next, I think his draft was a, a disappointment based off of the trajectory I see his team going in, but he definitely has all the tools necessary to win this year.
0: My number one team and this really wasn't relatively close is Jack Hagan. He is one thousand percent in win now mode. I think this may be your classic case of he is in this league for two years he wins both of these years and then we never see him again uh because after after about two or three years two or three years, this team will be like, I see about three or four guys that I could see retiring um, a couple other guys that will be well past their primes by then. Obviously Jonathan Taylor will be on this team for the long haul. Excellent pick on his part to get him an eighth overall. Um, obviously quarterbacks are the most important position in dynasty leagues, especially in a super flex dynasty league. But when he took Jonathan Taylor, he, I don't know if he knew beforehand, but he knew his direction immediately. He shifted to, All right, I'm going to try to win now. He saved up on quarterbacks. He took Tom Brady, one of the later rounds. He took Saquon Barkley, who you mentioned could have a breakout year this year. I'm not as high on him as you are, but a much better offensive coordinator, a much better offensive playbook, I expect to see. Much, much better offensive line. So Saquon, I mean, if he doesn't do it this year, it's completely on him. Um, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, I I think Terry McLaurin's going to have a great year having Carson Wentz just throw any single pass that he wants to get out of his hand as deep as he possibly can. And Terry McLaurin is the perfect receiver for that. Uh, Mark Andrews, the best tight end in fantasy football, at least for two more years. Terry McLaurin, uh, not Terry McLaurin, Ezekiel Elliott, another guy. Amari Cooper, another guy. I mean, these are just names that are tried and true. Um, and, and he makes a real good case to to win this league even his kicker in defense he went with with guys that you, you like you, they're not going to be playing for much longer um i mean, obviously the defense doesn't retire but like the 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 rams defense these are guys that are these are vet this is a veteran defense um Justin Tucker as well so uh this team is 100% a perfect candidate to win now and i'm i i think that uh it's going to be t- very very tough to beat them
1: yeah, I mean I pretty much agree with everything you said, but for me, the number one team I have is Sam Decker. Uh, 76%, 38 out of 50. You mentioned his team before how there, there could be some issues if he does run into injury problems, but we're not we're not worrying about that right now. We're looking at these teams on paper, and, and Sam has assembled a, a fantastic team. Um, he received a lot of fives in my metric. He received a five for Josh Allen, who was the number one overall pick. He received a five for DK Metcalf as a great wide receiver too. Uh, he received a five for Alvin Kamara, a fantastic RB two. He received a five for Aaron Jones, which to have as your flex, which honestly should be an RB two. Another remarkable pick as well. Um, if you want to, you know, poke holes a little bit, it's, it's really his super flex. Um, he could go with, you know, a bunch of directions. He can stay with, you know, a guy like a Chase Claypool or Tyler Boyd, or he can go with uh, someone like Kenny Pickett, who he hopefully can emerge as the season goes on and be what he is expected to be. But this team's going to score a lot of points each and every week. And that's going to be led by Josh Allen. uh, Definitely in win now mode, definitely one of the top teams to win this league. And, I think that this league, obviously with the top three teams are, are very much in win now mode and, and very, I think this league is very top heavy as far as that and obviously things change throughout the course of the season and I'm sure someone who we expected to be at the top may not be there but looking at it now I, I think that Sam definitely has the best team.
0: Yeah, an argument can be made I think for anyone in my top five your top five really not so much. Um that's okay, Jet. I think that you tried your hardest. The JDR metric is is not no one's ever claimed for it to be perfect, and, and that's okay. Jet, let's go ahead and transition and cater a little bit more to our viewers that are not in this dynasty football league. MLB power rankings. Haven't done these in in quite some time. I think that we should kind of implement to do this at least once a month so we can look back on them see what we got right see what we got wrong um so what do you say jet sometime in the middle
1: of of july we'll do another one of these yeah um if you're if you're you know willing and, and able to put a list together uh, pre show that would be great um I'll I start what off. Um, we did. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll list our honorable mentions in six through ten, and then we'll we'll dive a little bit into one through five. I know we're uh, Ken's, you know, yelling in my headset that we're uh, running short on time, but uh, I think we can get through these rankings and provide a nice outlook of of where we think the, the current state of the league is. So, my honorable mentions: uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, Milwaukee Brewers, and Boston Red Sox. Um, these teams, you know. A lot of the teams have been on and off. And obviously we saw the Red Sox started off slow, but they've gotten hot as of late. The Milwaukee Brewers started off hot. They've gotten cold as of late. The Toronto Blue Jays, another team that's been up and down. But currently as it stands, I think there are 10 teams that are definitely better than them. Uh, Tommy, do you want to uh, talk about some of your honorable mentions?
0: Yeah, I have a, a little bit more of a lengthy list than you. I think that there is 15 really good teams in baseball right now. Um Obviously, some of the guys you hit on the head, Red Sox, they made my honorable mentions list, the Tampa Bay Rays as well, um, Cleveland Guardians and Minnesota Twins both did, it was tough to leave them both out of the top 10, it really was, and my Philadelphia Phillies, who have been super hot ever since the RTF came into play, they have been 15-3, and three, an incredible team, um, probably the hottest team in baseball ever since RTF was born.
1: Absolutely. Um, I don't think they were deserving really of an honorable mention or the top 10 in my list. Um, Definitely have been playing well uh, since the the firing of Joe Girardi, but I don't attribute that all to Rob Thompson. I I really attribute it to some of the teams that they were playing, uh, like the Nationals, who they just played, what, like eight games against over the past four days. Um, I mean, they won most of those, as you would expect. But I, th- I think the Phillies are, you know, in a much better place now um, as I mean, their schedule is not going to get any harder, unfortunately, because they now the MLB gifted them with a, a you know, miraculously easy second half of the schedule. I know Tom is going to mention that they had a hard first half of the schedule, but.
0: Oh, you um, mean like the hardest in baseball?
1: Yeah, it's definitely up there for sure.
0: It's, it's um, the hardest. Go ahead and look at it. It's, it's yeah, the yeah. hardest.
1: Yeah, I said the hardest hard schedule
0: to date. Uh, To date, not even
1: including these Nationals games, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. No doubt about it there. Um, But let me get into my number six through 10. Uh, Number 10 for me is the Cleveland Guardians. Number nine is the San Francisco Giants. Number eight is the St. Louis Cardinals. Number seven is the Minnesota Twins. And number six uh, is the Atlanta Braves. I'll I'll run through these these teams really quickly. I don't want to go too in-depth on them. Um, the Cleveland Guardians, first off, they have been one of the hotter teams in the league over the past 10 games. They are actually 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, they pretty much have assembled a bunch of guys that don't have, you know, superstar pedigrees, but they are all playing as collectively as a team. And obviously they're led by Jose Ramirez, who is not only on his way to becoming an all-star, but probably on his way to winning the MVP this season. And then they have a bunch of, they have a pitching rotation that has been very good, led by Shane Bieber. You got Tristan McKenzie, Zach Kleskack, uh Cal Contreras. Cal Quantrill as well, and then Emmanuel Class A at the back end of that bullpen. Obviously, this team is exceeding a lot of expectations, considering they didn't spend any money. They dumped a lot of salaries in the offseason, and they spent very little money. But they are definitely uh, exceeding expectations for sure. San Francisco Giants, one of those teams that always seems to hang in there while they aren't playing at the level they were last year. They're still going to be fighting for a wild card spot, I believe. And I, I still believe, I said, I said this in the beginning of the year, that they that they do uh, get a playoff spot. St. Louis Cardinals, uh, you'll notice that I had them above the Milwaukee Brewers, considering the Brewers are still uh, ahead of them in the division. The Brewers offense, I, I had concerns going into the season, but those concerns are even more amplified while they had a good showing in the, in the great American small park that that performance can't continue considering you're not always going to be playing there. And then the pitching rotation just has not been as good as it normally has been. Freddie. Um, I'm talking about the Bruce, Freddie Peralta is obviously injured. And then Brandon Woodruff's numbers haven't been good as well. Uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals have brought up a lot of young guys like Nolan Gorman, like um, Juan Epez, Like Brendan Donovan, these guys are all emerging and playing a big role in in a Cardinals team that I think is going to go on to win the division when all is said and done. And they're being led by Adam Wainwright, who is, you know, obviously up there in age but performing still at a high level. And now Jack Flaherty is back as well to bolster up that rotation. Minnesota Twins, another team um, exceeding expectations. They really have been propelled by that great offensive lineup, powered by Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, Max Kepler and, and Luis Arias, who was having a breakout season. Uh, they're pitching. They don't have marquee names, but collectively as a group, they have been really good. Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, um, Dylan Bundy, who has had, you know, some, some good starts every now and then, hence they are the, the number one team in the central following number six, the Atlanta Braves after a, another slow start to the season, they have picked it up and they have been, very, very hot. They're coming off of a 14-game winning streak that ended several days ago to the Chicago Cubs, but now they have Ronald Acuna back. Um, They're pitching better. They have Dansby Swanson, who's been playing better. Austin Riley is starting to pick things up. Um, Still some questions about this team, which I I don't think they're going to win the division, but there's, there's no doubt about it. They have resurfaced among the top teams in the league. Jet,
0: who were your honorable mentions again? Just so I can for the for the purpose of the paper.
1: Blue Jays, Brewers, and Red Sox.
0: Jays, Brewers, Sox, and who was your number nine team? The
1: San Francisco Giants.
0: Okay. So, Guardians, Giants, Cardinals, Twins, Braves. Correct. Okay.
1: Uh,
0: brutal list for you so far. Uh, my. <laughs> My 10th through six. Uh, At 10, I have the St. Louis Cardinals, nine, the Milwaukee Brewers, eight, the San Francisco Giants, seven, the Toronto Blue Jays, and six, the Atlanta Braves. I'm not going to talk too much about any of these teams, but I will. One thing I did want to mention was how I said that the Brewers, last time we talked baseball, were going to be the one seed in the National League. They still will be, Jet. Uh, they're hitting their cold streak early and that's a good thing. So Milwaukee is winners of three in a row. They got their, they got their little losing ways out of the way and everybody hits a rough patch throughout the season. Um, right back into first place in the central. And, uh, I expected to stay this way for a long, long time.
1: All right. Um, I'll, I'll get into my number five. Um, as Ken's yelling at me to, you know, pick, pick up the pace, but that's okay. um, Number five for me are the Houston Astros, currently sit um, atop. I believe the last time of these power rankings, they the Angels were not first, but now now the Astros are atop of this AL West. Um, Forty-one to twenty-five, five and five in the last ten, a plus fifty-three run differential. Jordan Alvarez has been amazing. Justin Verlander has been amazing. Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, um, part of that young group that has ascended. Um, you know in their short time with the Astros, and then jose Altuve, slow start but has found his groove in, in the past couple of weeks as well astros are you know they're gonna be obviously gonna have to get through the yankees if they want to come out of the american league it's looking like but they definitely have the team on paper to to get the job done
0: yeah i agree with you there my uh my number five team is the houston astros and a couple guys in this team really have just been tremendous jordan alvarez he better be unanimous. American League uh does need a hitter for the All-Star game because he has been absolutely ridiculous. Hitting three eleven with 18 homers and 47 RBIs, no PS over one, uh, over 1020. Unreal. Michael Brantley, a couple of unsung heroes of this team, really. Like guys you wouldn't really expect to be producing at the level that they are. Uh, Michael Brantley, mainly because of his age. Uh He's hitting 297 with five homers, 25 RBIs. He's playing extremely well. And rookie Jeremy Pena has been unreal for this team so far. Hitting 277, nine homers, 27 RBIs, six stolen bases as well. OPS just above 800. And then you get to the guys that you expect to, to be performing. So if, if these guys can get to where they're supposed to be your Altuves, your Kyle Tuckers, your Alex Bregman, who has been really not good so far this season. Hitting 218 with seven homers and 30 RBIs, he's not doing anything right at the plate. Uh, even Lord S. Gurriel. I think that I think or Yuli Gurriel, sorry, I think that this team is is primed to to ascend in these rankings, and I think that the Astros are, are here to stay, uh, just like they have been for the past five plus years. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see them knocking off the Yankees here in the American League. Uh, playoffs, I think that we could potentially see another Astros in the World Series type of thing, especially if Verlander stays healthy, and obviously, like I mentioned, the guys that are supposed to be hitting start hitting.
1: Yeah, and they'll also be getting Lance McCullers Jr. back um, in, in, in a very short time, which obviously is going to help them in the long run as well on uh, number four been, Valdez
0: has been great too that's that's right
1: that's that's another guy we forgot to mention yeah him as well uh and, and Christian Javier who pitched tonight yeah. against, against the White Sox has also been uh very very serviceable oh
0: well, well let me mention this guy real quick as well Hector Naris has been incredible <laughs> the the greatest Philly pitcher of all time go ahead Jet.
1: yeah number four for me is the New York Metropolitans um the the luckiest team in baseball and I think a lot of people will argue that they should be higher in my rankings, but like I said, they have been the luckiest team in baseball. Coming off of a, uh, unfortunately, a series win against the Miami Marlins, um, which was, you know, is what it is, but the Mets are 6-4 and four in the last 10, plus 66 run differential. Currently the the top team in the National League. I just don't think they are the top team team in the National League. I think some of that luck will start to even itself out, and and I do believe they will. Uh, fall out of that top seed in in the National League, but I mean they're they're still playing at a very high level despite Max Scherzer uh, and Jacob DeGrom being being out of the lineup. And and once they get them back, I'm, I'm sure they will um, you know gel as a team and continue this pace they're on. I still believe they're going to win the division, and then that's in large part through due, due to their consistency throughout their lineup. Uh, Jeff McNeil's been great, Pete Alonso has been great, Starlin Marte has been great, Mark Kanaha has been great. Uh, they could do some more production at the catching position. I, I think they should you know, look to acquire potentially someone like a Wilson Contreras at the, at the trade deadline. I think that could go a long way, but the Mets are here to stay. Unfortunately, it's uh, very unfortunate. I, I lose sleep at night over it, but it is what it is. They're the number four team in the MLB. Uh, number four for me is the New York Metropolitans, the
0: luckiest team in baseball. Uh, unfortunately, they're here to stay. It just came off an unfortunate series win over my Miami Marlins. Uh, jet, uh, they're not here to stay, dude. But but as of right now, they are number four. I'm sick and tired of career 240 hitters going to New York and hitting 300. Mark Cannon will not stay. Mark Canna is not going to do this this whole year. He he just won't. I promise you he won't. Hitting 296 to 5 homers, 26 RBIs. Francisco Lindor the most overrated don't look up the underlying metrics I hear you typing over there I don't care he's just not going to do it Francisco Lindor honestly for me one of the most overrated baseball players when it comes coming to my mind when I think about recent memory I should be entering his prime right now last year and this year age 27 and 28 seasons Hitting 243 and OPS below 800, and he's getting paid the biggest bucks of all. Eduardo Escobar playing a little bit uh, below how he's supposed to play. Pete Alonso is having a great year. Tip of the cap to him. 280, 19 homers, 63 RBIs, two stolen bases to his tab as well. So, so big meat. Pete is really getting the job done for him. The issue with this team, obviously, is health. Like we, like Jet and I predicted preseason. Old Max and Unreliable Jake, have, we have not seen them in months now. They're still winning, but uh, I expect the Mets' schedule to start getting harder, and it, it, it is going to start getting harder. Not to say the Mets have had a super easy schedule, but they do have a a plethora of wins that come to mind that have been, you know, uh, they went on an error. And not to say other teams don't have this as well, but like uh, just, just, just look up the underlying numbers. They, they really do have a lot of Pythagorean wins that are are not that that they did win, that they weren't supposed to be real wins. Um, I hate the Mets, but I'm not knocking on them. They're not winning the division, but they are a top five team in baseball at the moment.
1: A quick note, uh, Mark Hanna, definitely agree with you there. And the numbers, the numbers back it up. He's a career 240 hitter and he's hitting 296 right now. Uh, His expected batting average is actually a 258. So definitely due for for some regression there. But on the other hand, and no, look at on. look at
0: almost every med hitter. Yeah,
1: They're but bat- Francisco Lindor, for which I know you're you're not the hugest fan of, um, hitting 243 right now. He should actually be hitting 264 according to is, is, Prime is your is, River is, Jet. His expected batting average, which which is reform oh, a little bit, so those those kind of points. balance out a little bit. It's uh yeah 21 points. Um, but um, yeah, so. As you do the math in your head and laugh it off like nothing happened. Uh, no,
0: what is it? Two two forty three to two sixty Oh yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so twenty one uh, points. Yeah, thank you for um Jean Marie for feeding that math into my head really quickly, so I can do you no know what? <laughs> All right. That's you who's, know, number, who's
0: yeah. number three and why is it the Padres?
1: Yeah, number three is the the San Diego Padres. Ooh. Um yo soy Two Padre. Um Happy Padres Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, San Diego Padres. I am surprised Tommy was able to point this out. I am extremely high on the San Diego Padres this year, hence why I have them number three in these rankings. They really don't have a ton of glaring weaknesses in their overall team. Um, depth at starting pitcher, a very deep lineup, and this is now with Manny Machado who's going to miss some time due to an injury, but they're going to be getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back uh, very soon. Um, Hugh Darvish has been playing well. Um, Joe Musgrove, he was out now because of COVID. He's also been playing very well at, at the top of the league in, in the ERA. Not a lot has really gone wrong for the San, pa- San Diego Padres team. I mean, they are on a three-game losing streak, but they have the second, third-highest uh, run differential in all of the National League. And I think, you know, what? I'll, I'll say it right now, San Diego Padres are going to be in the World Series this year.
0: Really? Mark
1: it down. Okay. Uh,
0: I'm drawing. A, I'm drawing an arrow, and I'm just writing W S question mark W T F question mark.
1: their time. Their time is here. It's been all this all this anticipation for them. You know, getting the team right. Uh, AJ Prowler's made some bad moves as the GM of this team, but I think this is the year for them to capitalize. And and the Dodgers possibly aren't the team that we thought they were. The Mets are frauds. Uh, I don't really see anyone out of the Central coming out of that division. So give me the Padres. the teams. Phillies? Braves. The, Phil- the Phillies are they're hopeless. Um, give me the Padres, though, to come out of the Braves? National League. I-, I-, I think the Padres are better still. Padres didn't even make
0: my honorable mention. So, Really? Yeah. My number three team is the San Diego Padres. Uh, Manny Machado having an unreal season. You never want to wish an injury on a man, but he did just really open the door for
1: Bryce Harper. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry.
0: No, for Bryce Harper to win back to back MVPs. And Nolan Arenado is really not even in question. It's Harper, Machado, or Goldschmidt all the way as of right now. Weird that you'd even mention Arenado. 328, 12 homers, 46 RBIs, seven stolen bases, OPS well above 900. Trent Grisham is playing absolutely horrendous. I expect that to change. Hitting thirteen points below two hundred right now, uh, and that I don't think that's sustainable. Joe Musgrove, who I, I mentioned as my National League Cy Young pick preseason, jet, come on,
1: I'm not looking great when you have Sandy Alcantara ahead of him, but I I, I respect it because he will finish in the top three. So,
0: yeah, well, in. 12 games. He's 8 0 with a 1.59 ERA, 79 innings pitched, 81 strikeouts, and a whip below one. I don't think Sandy Alcantara is as good in any single one of these stats. I'll pull them up really quickly, though, if you'd like. Uh, let's see. Alcantara. 7 and 2, higher earned run average, more innings pitched. Buddy's pitched two more games. Uh, I think less strikeouts, and a th- A whip that is higher by one point. So, Sandy, like I said,
1: I mean, he's he's pitched two more starts once Musgrave gets those two extra starts, and I I think we will know where where both of these numbers will stand. By the way, um, I know we haven't done it yet, but Sandy (laughs) will be starting the All Star game for the National League. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Power
0: numbers for this team are not. Not anywhere you expect them to be, but obviously when Fernando Tatis Jr. isn't a part of your everyday lineup and he's supposed to be, I think that's the given. Will Myers is one home run. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with him. Uh, Aaron Nola, the catcher version, hitting two twenty nine with two homers, eighteen RBIs, and a stolen base. A lot of catchers getting stolen bases here in this top five, and I think that's kind of why I made these these teams out to be in my top five whoever had the most stolen bases from their catchers Phillies at one.
1: Yeah. Just to, um, just to uh, go back to the muskler of Sandy Alcantara debate. Um, they both <laughs> have expected ERA at 2.55 right now. So I think both are due for some, some negative regression, but um, we, we know who the more electric pitchers and uh, who has a, a brighter future in this league, but a uh, number two for me is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you know, they, they've, which is crazy. They've struggled lately and they still have a plus plus one fourteen run differential, which is good for second in the league five and five in the last 10 still first in the NL West second in the national league. They are another team that really doesn't have many holes. I think it's a more of a matter of, you know, now they have Walker Brewer and Clayton Kershaw injured, which is definitely hurting their rotation. Um, I think it's it's been remarkable what Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson have done really emerged. Um, I think it's a credit to what the Dodgers organization is made of, bringing in these these types of arms. Obviously, Tony Gonsolin was with the system, but bringing in someone like a Tyler Anderson and getting the most out of them, they have been at the forefront of the, the pitching success for this Dodgers team. Up and down the lineup, Um Now, another injury, Mookie Betts, is going to be out for the foreseeable future, which is going to hurt them. I I do expect the the Padres to overtake this division in in the next couple of weeks. But I do think when it's all said and done, the Dodgers will win the division. But I think they're going to run into the the problems they always run into come October, where they just struggle to find success in the playoffs. I know they won the World Series a couple of years ago, but that was in a a COVID-shortened season where none of it really mattered, except the Marlins get into the playoffs. But, um, yeah, the, give, me, give me the Dodgers as the number two team in the NLB. Looks like our top five is mirrored
0: completely. Dodgers for me as well at number two. Trey Turner is having a, a heck of a season. I can't wait to see him in Juan Soto in Philly's uniforms come next season. Uh, It's really going to be a sight to see, and and I'm excited hey, about I mean, it. you'll
1: have some defensive players, so that'll be good for exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly right.
0: Uh, Juan Soto is playing like shit for just for us. He he wants to uh, to lower his stock, and that's exactly what he's doing. And, and thank you a lot to Juan Soto, Trey Turner. He's making it a little bit tougher for us to acquire him, but nonetheless, we will be seeing him taking over Didi Gregorius' spot. Three hundred one, nine homers, forty nine RBIs, which I believe leads the National League. Fourteen stolen bases. You know exactly what you're going to get with a, with a player like Trey Turner. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to. Will Smith is having a good year. Mookie Betts. I've never been a super big proponent on Mookie Betts, but he this is this is a he's having a year right now that I'm starting to be one of the guys that I put Mookie Betts in the conversation. You know, with your Harpers, Soto's, Acuna's, um, Aaron Welcome to the party. Welcome to the yeah, party. Yeah, basically, uh, I I think he he has a seat reserved at that table at the top right fielders in the game. Yasiel yeah, Puig obviously isn't having the stronghold that he used to have on this team, but, uh, you know, the Dodgers are playing well. Freddie Freeman, forget that he's a Dodger. It's actually ridiculous how good this lineup is. 291, six homers, 35 RBIs. And he really hasn't gotten going yet. <laughs> Cause he, he ain't hitting 15
1: home runs this season. I'll tell you that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's just remarkable the team that they have put together, and um, we we know we'll be seeing them at the top of these rankings, uh, definitely, definitely down the line. And but, and and Walker Bueller hasn't even been good, and it's it's hurt right now too. So yeah, and when he was
0: playing, he has he wasn't good.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I mean he was he wasn't like ass, but he wasn't Walker Bueller. Right. right. The year before, you, you ain't gonna see that all year.
1: Yeah, I think I think I mean he was he was very good up until i think his last start i think he put up a a a bad outing but yeah he still hasn't been nearly anywhere close to where where we've seen him in the past Um, tyler anderson julio rios and tony gonsolin
0: though have picked up all of that slack
1: absolutely yeah Uh, Number one, I think it's a a no-doubter. The New York Yankees as the best team in baseball, and it doesn't really look like anyone's going to be slowing them down. Um, Can we say they have the division locked up? I know it's only June, but they have an 11-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's looking like this division is more and more out of reach. Um, Plus 143 run differential absolutely exceeds what the Dodgers have in 114. We know what Aaron Judge has been doing. Um, we know what Nestor Cortez has been doing. This whole Yankees rotation has been phenomenal. Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Jordan Montgomery, Jamison Tyone. Um, and then at the back end of the bullpen, while Araldis Chapman is dealing with injuries, Clay Holmes has stepped up. And looking like that that uh, acquisition last year when they made the deal with the Pirates to acquire him, um, he's been amazing. Uh, a couple of guys that really haven't, uh, performed at, at expectations yet Joey Gallo still still looking for him to you know perform at the level that he was with the Texas Rangers um Aaron Hicks has been okay their catching production has been a lot better than years past with the combination of Jose Trevino and Kyle Higashioka. um but the Yankees have a a complete team and it's looking like more than ever they they're looking like they could finally rise above and and meet those expectations and 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 from my eyes, we're looking at the Yankees-Padres-World Series.
0: <sighs> Jet, one day you will learn that you can't just take the two best teams and then put them together and say that's the World Series and that's the end of it.
1: Padres? The, or you think the Padres are the best team? I mean, they are
0: it's like, what are they, like a half game back of the Dodgers? Yeah,
1: but they're also third in the National League right now.
0: <sighs> the Mets aren't the best team. We all know that.
1: Aaron Judge.
0: Uh, okay. Yes. Yankees I mean, are my I mean, I'm one not team. gonna do
1: what you're about to do and say we're gonna see a Dodgers Yankees World Series. So oh, that's not what I'm about to
0: do at all. Yankees are my number one team for the time being. They will not they will not win the American League East this season. And I'll what? tell you why. Easter you why Easter or American League. East. I will tell you why here in a few. Aaron Judge sitting 305, 25 homers, 50 RBIs. I think he's one of the more likable superstars uh, across all major sports. I think that like he, he he's never done anything that I've ever questioned or grimaced at or even like been like, what is he what is he doing? What is he saying? And and you know why he doesn't talk. And and guys that don't talk generally are are, are more likable. And when they do talk and they get a, a big beautiful smile, such as Aaron Judge. We're at number 99, you know, it's easy to like them. 305, 25 homers, 50 RBIs, I already mentioned it. That's ridiculous. We're not even, I mean, we're a month out from the all-star break. That's, that is unreal. Uh, I, I, I I honestly at a loss for words, Matt Carpenter somehow has six homers and 30 at bats. Uh, a guy that was released for the Cardinals like three years ago. So good for him. Now the reason that I think this team is due for a little bit of regression is they have not been bit by the injury bug at all. Uh, they have players that we've seen historically get injured almost year in and year out. Giancarlo Stanton—he's been injured, but the, the this whole entire the whole entire starting rotation. Is it has not been injured. Garrett Cole, the worst one among them, with the worst DRA among all the starters, with a 3 3 3. Luis Severino with a three two seven. 7. Jordan Montgomery with a 272. Jamison Tyon with a 270. And Nestor Cortez with a 194. Absolutely crazy that these guys are all doing this. And, and it's just, it's something that you have to look at and realize is too good to be true. I don't think that. Like these these guys are just Jamison Tyon is pitching a whole a whole run per game lower than, than what he has his career. Same story with Montgomery. Luis Severino. Uh he's pitching kind of on par. Nestor Cortez is pitching almost three runs below what he usually would pitch at. Garrett Cole is pitching right on par. So that that's five runs a game just from the starters that like that they, they 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 could potentially see coming back. I think Nestor Cortez obviously is a different pitcher than he was earlier on in his career. Um, but I don't think Tyon and Montgomery have proved to be to be otherwise uh that, that type of pitcher. And and like I said, one of these guys unfortunately will go down with an injury at some point this season.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the numbers that, like you mentioned, Tyone and and Montgomery are putting up, but I obviously don't think they're as sustainable as maybe some people may think. I mean, Tyone, 2.7 ERA, his expected ERA is a 3.28, so not not too far off there. Um, Jordan Montgomery is another guy that you mentioned. He has a uh, 273 ERA, so his expected ERA is a 3.83. So these guys are definitely due for some regression for sure. Um, obviously they, their numbers suggest they're still having great seasons. Um, I, I mean, I think another one, I don't have the numbers off from the top of my head, but Nestor Cortez, I think we all know that a, a one ninety um, is not going to, to be consistently in that position all season long, but the Yankees have a, a great team this season for, you know, exceeding all expectations and, um. Yeah. Yankees. Padres. Mark it down. Cross country. Not what you expected, but that's what it's gonna be.
0: Okay. It's marked down. Trust me. Jet. Let's play a quick game of this or that. Okay. I'm gonna ask you some players, and you're gonna say who you, who you take. the The player that I'm that we're starting with is Kyle Schwarber. And we're going to be going across 29-year-old baseball players, okay? Okay. This or that, Kyle Schwarber or Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper. Kyle Schwarber or Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts. Kyle Schwarber or Javi Baez? Kyle Schwarber. Manny Machado? Manny, Manny Machado. Not too sure why we had to think about that one. Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts. Reese Hoskins? Kyle Schwerber. Max Kepler. Who I feel like he's younger than that. Ma- Max Kepler. Gary Sanchez.
1: Kyle Schwerber.
0: Noah Syndergaard. Kyle Schwerber. Who I feel like is older than 29. <laughs> yeah. Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo. Oh, that's a bad, man. Just, you should have just never said that. Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola. Michael Conforto.
1: Conforto. <laughs> He's not even on a team, Jet. He's injured. He's not on a team. He's still injured.
0: God, Joe Musgrove. Musgrove. We'll do three more. Jose Trevino.
1: Uh, Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> matt chapman chapman
0: Uh, let me find a good one i did this because i was looking at players and i couldn't believe how many of them are 20 um let's do ronald tureus is only 29
1: give me ronald (laughs)
0: all right last last one we'll do michael franco swarber blake snell Schwarber, okay. All right, Jet. Thank you. That you you've cons- you completed your first ever round of uh, this or that. Uh, I enjoyed that. Thoroughly. Interesting
1: comparing guys like Schwarber and uh, Ronald well, Tatis, and they were.
0: Uh, it's just based on age. That's yeah. the only. We we can find better this or that segments in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely work on that as we approach the two hour mark on a on a record episode. Um, is, is it really? It's not. It's not. It's 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 an hour and a half, but it's okay. Oh, okay. All right, well then we'll get the hell out of here. Jet, what's your name? My name is Jet Jet Rosenstein, uh, proud owner Jet. of the JDR Metric, and um, yeah. And the the two kids underneath the table, their names? Um, Francois and Ken. <laughs> <laughs> always providing me with a lot of pleasure. So.
0: They're always in your head, right? Always. All right, and the the girl in your ear. Jean Marie. And the girl in your heart. <laughs> that's that's crazy that you had to think about that. I'm going to clip that one and uh, we'll be sending that to her via DM. Um, so long as LeBron James does not it first. Thank you everybody so much for listening to this long episode of the 25, eight sports webinar uh, it was a long one was a fun ride jet. You definitely need to include the timestamps in this one because I have a feeling that a few of our listeners really won't care about people they've never heard of dynasty fantasy football teams.
1: I disagree. It's, it's that time of the year, Tommy. Uh, people want to get prepped for fantasy. it's not even, it's not even. For, that for dynasty fantasy football, it's that time of the year for startup okay. drafts. Okay. So uh, Tom is obviously not, you know, you know, whatever i'm gonna say it's one o'clock here on the eastern coast time zone and i'm just (laughs) saying words that just don't form sentences anymore so i think now's a good time to to wrap it up yeah Um, and because i
0: am the main uh the main person of this podcast i will say the last words thanks for listening guys
1: of course guys i'm tommy
0: that was jet and this was the 25 8 sports guy check
1: out baseball seven for all your underlying Jet jet sucks jet sucks
0: jet sucks